0: Hey there, everyone! Welcome aboard to the One Touch Talks. This is your host, Mayuresh Madkar. So today we'll again have to discuss some of the hottest developments happening in this year's summer transfer window. We'll be looking at Chelsea, who've already announced the signing of Raheem Sterling from Manchester City, and are looking to bolster their backline with the potential additions of Khalid Kulibali and Presnel Kimpembe. While also discussing the stance of Thomas Tuchel on the signing of Cristiano Ronaldo, we've got to take a look at what's happening with Bayern Munich and Juventus regarding the signing of Matias Delic, as they look to bolster their own squads ahead of the 2022-23 seasons. But we've got to start from. From Barcelona today as they have signed Rafinha from Leeds United and have also reached an agreement with Bayern Munich to sign Robert Lewandowski as Javi looks to get the Catalan club back to its glory days so in the last pod, we talked about the potential transfer of Robert Lewandowski of Rafinha of the likes of Bernardo Silva, Aspen Liquetta, Marcos Alonso, uh, Jules Kounde, Pau Torres uh, whatever you like uh, to Barcelona from their respective clubs and uh, it has taken a big uh, a big swing in the right direction as far as uh, the transfers go. They have uh, Barcelona have re signed Usman Dembele in technical terms. He, he has re signed, or call it, he has renewed with Barcelona until 2024. It's a two year contract. Uh, they've uh, reached an agreement, as according to the reports in Germany and in Spain, that they will be signing Robert Lewandowski. And uh, today, by the way, is going to be the unveiling of. Uh, all the Bayern Munich players in the Allianz arena, so maybe Robert Lewandowski won't be present in that unveiling. Um, We also have uh, Rafinha signed in from Leeds to Barcelona. And uh, we've got to make sense of everything that's happening here because uh, this is not sustainable, as as, as per my understanding. This is just uh, trying to kick the can down the road and just trying to delay what is going to be a big, big kind of a... Bankruptcy kind of a thing at, the, at that level you know this is this is just going to be ridiculously bad for Barcelona. The thing is that right now, Barcelona are thinking that to just get the sustainability in the squad, we need to sell Frankie de Jong yeah, you need to sell, you need to sell frankie de Jong but you 're still not coming into that one is to one ratio that is something that Juan Laporta, Jordi Cruyff and Matteo Alemani aspire to go to. They want to spend every single euro on every single euro they save, uh, as opposed to what they're doing right now. I think it's, it's, it's come down to three to one after that first lever has been activated, that first economic lever, or palancas, as they say, in uh, in Cataloon, uh, in Catalonian or Spanish. I don't know, but uh, that's the way that the things are going right now for Barcelona. They have... Uh, Got Rafinha, who is kind of a, who's going to play second fiddle now to Dembele, or if uh, Dembele, as he is uh, historically or uh, traditionally believed to be uh, spending his time, majority of his time in the hospital, Rafinha can be the guy to play uh, in his position. You have already have... uh, Players like Memphis Depay, players like Martin Braithwaite, who don't seem to be going away. We'll talk about those as well in a minute. Uh, they have reached an agreement with Robert Lewandowski for, what, €55 million, Euros, as according to some of the reports in Germany. Uh, they are reporting that uh, that money is going to be paid, um, including add-ons, so... It will be around forty-five million or forty-six, forty-seven, and the other and the other eight to ten million would be played paid in add-ons. I believe that is the way uh, things will go. Bayern Munich certainly were forced to accept that uh, that that bid, so uh, it's good on them. It's good for Barcelona there. Uh, They've re-signed Usman Dembélé. You know, someone who he's he's done a big mockery of himself. You know, he he was getting a decent amount of money. Yeah, pay cut from his previous salary, but this is just a ridiculous amount of money that he's getting right now as opposed to what he demanded uh, from Barcelona he's not getting that at Chelsea he wasn't getting that at uh, Paris Saint-Germain I think he would have had a good bunch of uh, bucks coming to his account every single month if he would have signed at Paris Saint-Germain before Luis Campos came in but now I think it's just, uh, it's just too late for him he's, it, it was just too late after he came in he was not, never going to sign players like Paul Pogba or, uh, or Usman Dembele Um now that he's stuck at Barcelona, he's got to make this thing work. He's got to make a very good account of himself so that when he comes around again after this season, he's got a release loss of €100 million. Euros. So when he comes across uh, on the transfer market, understandably so because he'd have just one year left on his contract uh, if he does not extend, uh, which seems very, very unlikely right now, it's, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be very, very difficult for them to sell or even to get that sort of amount of money. Um, but yeah, as I said, it's just kicking the can down the road. Now, they have to make these signings work because of the uh, because all of the salaries and stuff like that. So they need to sell it de Jong. Now, it's going to arise again next season that they have to, again, fit all these players in that same bracket. So they might, have had, they might just want to sell Gavi then, or then the next season Pedri, and then next season they have to sell someone like Lewandowski, and then Rafinha, and then every, it, it It's just a cycle that goes on turning, and you'll have to sell your best assets every single season. I think this season as well, they, they're aspiring to get players who they can't even register. I mean, Sergio Roberto isn't, isn't even registered yet. You're looking at the possibility of registering Christensen and Kessieh then you've got to register Robert Lewandowski, who's not going to to come out cheap in terms of salaries. Uh, You've got to register someone like a Rafinha. Again, not monstrous salaries, but then again you have Rafinha and Dembele as well to register. Uh, It's it's going to be really, really difficult. Now, you've got to make decisions on players who you think are Deadwood. Players like Memphis Depay, I think, has got a really good potential. You look at the way he plays for the Dutch national team, it's not all of a sudden when he goes to the Dutch national team it becomes a very, very good player it becomes their main man I mean, Netherlands is not just a any other team like a Montenegro or uh, Slovenia Slovakia or Austria or someone like that with all the respect to all those teams it's not just like any other second French teams it's Netherlands I mean, it's a big powerhouse of the European continent so if he's the if he's the talisman of that team you know you probably have a very good player in your hands the thing is with me, what I think is the solution for this one is to just take a step back what you've what they 've done this season with Christensen and Kessier, I think has been really, really good. You try and get these players in your system, you get these players in your um, in what do you say in 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 your team you try and register them. And then look at what your squad looks like. I mean, Xavi is a good enough manager, if he is, to make things work. I mean, he did make things work with uh, the likes of Ferran Torres, Adama Traore, Usman Tempele, and all those players last season. The problem was in the midfield. The problem was defensively. You know, they've all got goals somehow or the other. You can have Gavi playing up front to do whatever you can. But the thing is, when you've got someone just not really having a sustainable, sustainable amount of squad, it, it's, it's just insane what Barcelona are doing right now. It's, it's going to come and bite them in their backside, and I'm not just kidding. Right now, it looks very, very breezy. It looks very green and everything looks pretty rosy and rosy, but it's going to come out and bite them in the backside. Robert Lewandowski is not going to come out for cheap as your player. I mean, maybe he's agreed to some kind of uh, uh, personal terms. They probably know that he's not going to play. He's going to to take a very less uh, amount of salary in end. That's good for him. But then again, you have to make him register. If you look at things, I think they need to play a back... As I said, they need to pay a back seat. Uh, Probably get a Aspili That's your four signings with Christensen... um, Sergio Roberto again Usman Dembele You've got him re-signed in Asper Liqueta And uh, you've got Kessier and Christensen Maybe get another forward I mean That makes you At least comfortable That makes you At least sustainable Get someone who can be A very very good Fitness coach Like Real Madrid did With Pintus uh, And uh, get someone Like an Ansu Fati Fit again Durable again For the entire season Then you get something something very, very tangible around yourself. Now, the thing is that you've got crowded out. And if this all these players work out perf- and all these players get signed in perfectly, then it, it's the pressure on Xavi. Then you've got to make these signings work. You need to get at least a silverware this season. At le- And I'm not saying Copa del Rey. They have to go for La Liga. I'm not saying com- competitive. I have to say that they have to win La Liga. They at least have to go to the quarterfinals I mean, semi-finals has to be a target for Barcelona this season. I don't see, it according to the squad strength, I think they are way off the four best teams around in Europe right now. I mean, yeah, Bayern Munich have lost Lewandowski, but the entire team is still the same if they sign De Ligt. Lucas Hernandez, Alphonso Davies, um Mattaz De Ligt and uh, Nusar Mazraoui is a very, very good front back four, with players like uh, Upamecano and Benjamin Pavard still waiting uh, as your backups. Um, Kimi Goretzka is a world-class midfield duo you've got Mane Muller, Musiala Nabry uh, Koeman and Zane in, as your as, as your front players so you can just make something work with a, with, with a centre forward like Eric Maxim to promoting and still be a better team than Barcelona you've got Real Madrid you've got Liverpool Manchester City Chelsea uh, and to some extent even PSG so you've got a lot of climbing to do so I don't think they are really realistically going to go to the semi finals, but semi finals has to be a target. The pressure is on Xavi. He's obligated to go to the semi finals of the Champions League. He is obligated to give Real Madrid a run for their money, to give Carlo Ancelotti the headache of his life in this league season. Otherwise, it's not going to work out for him. I think um, the he's not going to get any leniencies from players like, from people like Mateo, from people like Juan Laporta. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see how things work out for them. If you look at the team structure, it's, uh, I I don't see how things can work out for them. You know, if they sign Aspilicueta, if they sell De Jong, I think they can, I mean, I I think De Jong is very, very important. Um, uh, We'll talk about De Jong as well in a minute, but I think as... A lot of people think that how Barcelona should line up. It is without De Jong. It's with Asper in the team playing Jordi Albert left-back, Asper at right-back, Araujo and uh, Christensen as your two centre-backs. I still have my reservations on how Christensen can play in a back four. Uh, in a midfield pivot of two, it's Busquets and Gavi. Pedri as your number 10, Ansu Fati on the left, Dembele or Rafinha on the right. Play anywhere as you want, and Lewandowski up front. I mean, that looks tasty lineup FIFA. You know, it's gonna win a lot of games, but realistically, it doesn't work. I mean, you're gonna get battered and bruised when teams come out on transition, not just in Europe, but even in the in in in, in La Liga as well. So, you have to say that uh, they have to get some balance in. I mean, it's a heavy front four if you're having Anshifati, um Pedri, Lewandowski, and Dembélé slash Rafinha there. It's a heavy, heavy front four. You don't want to have uh, Pedri in your midfield three. I think it's going to be a midfield two of Busquets and Gavi if things happen. I mean, Busquets and Gavi are not Goretzka and Kimmich. They they're not going to be sustainable on that period of time. They're not going to be uh, ready enough to deal with everything that comes at them. You know, it's going to be just dangerous if you are Gavi and. Uh, uh, Gavi and Busquets. I mean, Gavi likes to wander around and get into the attacking areas and that sort of things. But you know, it's I don't think that works around. I think the way it could work around is in a back three system where you've got Christensen Kristensen um, on the left, Raul through the middle, or yeah, I think Paul Torres is going to be a very very good Barcelona player if he stands. I mean, stylistically he fits the bill as as per my. As per my opinion, I think stylistically, Pau Torres fits what Barcelona need right now uh, more than Kunde. I think Kunde can be a very good replacement or an upgrade in a sense that... I mean, you're not going to replace the legacy of uh, César Azpilicueta at Chelsea. I mean, he's a legend at Chelsea, so you're not going to replace that. So probably you can't say that to move away from uh, Le- Ashleyqueta they cannot get a better player than Jules Kounde i mean he tries to play that similar position that Ashleyqueta plays for um, for Chelsea at the uh, French national team with Didier Deschamps so in he kind of is trying to get into that sort of mold so maybe he can be a very good player for 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 Chelsea while Pau Torres who's got a big valuation right now can be a very very good Signing for Barcelona I mean If you look at it Then you've got Aspilicueta right now For argument's sake Christensen And uh, Ronald Rauer A bigger part of that Um, Two Proper wing-backs In Rafinha And uh, Jordi Alba I would have liked to play Dembele there But I have reservations over how good he is while he plays as a wing bag I don't. I have reservations on his discipline. Uh, I don't know how much he can track back. So, I would play Rafinha as, as my wide player alongside Jordi Alba on the left. Um, play midfield three of um, or play midfield. Oh yeah, play midfield three of Pedri, De Jong and Kessier, Get them a bit compact and uh, play Lewandowski up front as a lone striker as he does for Bayern Munich. And have Gavi working up for him, just behind him in a three-five-one-one kind of formation, where you've got two good wing backs or wingers attacking from the wide areas. You've got a decent defence right now. You've got a midfield who can be durable. You can get um, the ball ticking over. Can play the Barcelona way as well. I don't see Busquets being that guy. I mean, that this is a way I can just put everything, every single player into perspective. In a 4-3-3, I have got, you know, again, in a 4-3-3, if you want to play that system, you play Jordi Alba, Christensen, Araujo and Aspilicueta as your back four. You play Dion, Kessier and Pedri as your midfield three. And uh, player front three of Ousmane Dembele, on the right, Raffini, uh, Usman Demele on the right, uh, Lewandowski through the middle and play Ferran Torres on the left-hand side. I mean, that's the way I think things could work for Barcelona. I mean, as opposed to this, I don't see any way how things can go in a 4-3-3 system. The best way I can see this, everything working is in a 3-5-1-1 with Gavi working out for Lewandowski because thing, thing, the thing is, with Lewandowski coming in your side, you have to alter your game plan to Lewandowski. Lewandowski, at this age of his career, at this stage of his career, at this age, he's not gonna really run around for you, he's not gonna be pressing the way you want it's it's a progressive pressing system that Xavi uses. Every single line presses in a manner. That's not how Lewandowski plays. Lewandowski is a stationary guy in the box, just like Ronaldo is, and he demands the ball. I mean, people don't understand, I mean people really don't watch Bundesliga a lot to understand how selfish even Robert Lewandowski is, or, or, or selfish is not the word, but how demanding Robert Lewandowski is, just like Cristiano Ronaldo is, then he does not get the ball, he gets frustrated. I mean, the best game I can actually tell you to watch is the Eintracht Frankfurt game against Bayern Munich, where Kevin Trapp won the game for Eintracht Frankfurt single-handedly, and that was at the Allianz Arena this season, which is meant by. Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt won the game by two goals to one. I think it was goals from Hinteregger and uh, Hinteregger scored off a corner, I guess, and a goal from Philip Kostic. Uh, and then Kevin Trapp made some, what, 30 saves in that game or something ridiculous like that, and won the game single-handedly. I mean, that was a game where Robert Lewandowski really looked, uh, you know, you know, berserk. I mean, I don't, see, I don't find a word for him. He looked frustrated. He was not getting the ball, but he wanted it. So uh, you'll have to say, you know, things are pretty things are pretty complicated when you get someone like Lewandowski because he's not going to adapt to your system you have to adapt to Robert Lewandowski right now and I think people who can work for Lewandowski are Gavi I think Gavi can be the Thomas Muller here at Barcelona and the other player is Ferran Torres I think if you play Antifati he's just going to ask for more trouble then you've got to give uh, oxygen cylinders to players like Petri and uh, Busquets. I mean, Busquets really needs one if that if that's the case. Uh, but again, you know, if uh, that's the formation, I, I, I strongly believe that a three five one one with one with that back three, two wing max, uh, and uh, Gavi playing alongside Lewandowski to be that shadow and second striker, just working around pressing the game for Lewandowski. That would work in my opinion. Um, but then again, you have to sacrifice players like Ferran Torres, Dembélé and uh, uh, the other guys like uh, uh, Ferran Torres, Dembélé, Ansu Fati as well. Yeah, so that's the way I look at it. Now, moving on to Frankie de Jong, uh, well, Barcelona have uh, squeezed 75 million out of uh, Manchester United. I don't see why are they going to get it. I mean, what kind of a business model is this? I mean, just just, just make me understand this. What kind of a shitty business model is this? You are paying 85 million euros. You're paying 75 up front. 75 up front for player who is not ready to come to Barcelona. Uh, who is not ready to go to uh, Manchester United. Who is being underwhelming for a long time at, uh, uh, at, uh, w- at Barcelona. And you're paying 85 million for him? I mean, come on, you, you can do better than that. And there is no club going for Frankie de Jong right now. There is no Chelsea. I mean, that was just rumours around there just to ignite the interest from Manchester United. I mean, Chelsea are not going to pay that ridiculous amount of money for Frankie de Jong. I, I, I believe so. I mean, if you are United, come on, he's not, he's not the last defender on this planet. You can look at some other players. I mean,. They're getting Tyrell Malassia What's the reason for Why is Marco Correa going to Manchester City Don't you have enough power to Get him to your side Don't you have enough power to give Calvin Phillips a project When he's going for 42 million At Manchester City Can you negotiate there I mean You can sell Calvin Phillips a simple deal here you know what, if you're going to Manchester City, you're not going to play every single game. It's Roger who's going to be playing in that number six role. You're not going to play again, ahead of Kevin De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva anyways. So Why don't you come here? Why don't you come and play with us? You are the starter. That's all your. That's your place there. So... Why don't Manchester United work like this? Why don't Manchester United go out for Renato Sanchez, who's still not finalised a deal with either Milan or Paris Saint-Germain? Why don't uh, uh, Manchester United go after players like Konrad Lima from RB Leipzig, who's not guaranteed a place in, uh, in, in the Bayern Munich starting lineup? You can have him a place at Manchester United. I mean, with uh, Lissandro Martinez. I mean, again, with Lissandro Martinez as well. If you look at it, if you are Ajax and you're making a list of players who, are, who from from top to bottom, who are good and your price alongside them, you certainly have got Ryan Gravenberg uh, ahead of uh, Ryan Dravenbeck ahead of uh, someone like Alessandro Martinez. Now we look at Ryan Gravenberg and he's going to a team where he's not going to start. He's he's certainly not going to start. And look at Alessandro Martinez. Lisandro Martinez, as uh, it w- was not the, uh, what do you say? He he wasn't the first choice player for Ajax when it came to, uh, w- when when it came to starting games. I mean, it was most probably it was uh, players like Yuryan uh, Timber and Daley Blin starting at centre back, and then you've got players, uh, play- players like Taliafico starting as. Uh, as you as your left back in that in that back three, so he's not a perfect starter for Ajax as well. And there is Ryan Gravenberg. You're giving Gravenberg away to Bayern Munich for what? You know, you you giving Gravenberg to uh, Bayern Munich for what, twenty twenty five million, and you're getting Lescano Martinez to Manchester United for fifty five million euros. I mean, it's just, it, it's it's a real joke here. What they're doing with Manchester United, they're toying. You get. At Kristen Eriksson. Kristen Eriksson is a player who's on a free. You've got to convince. You've got. You know, you, you've taken three weeks to convince a player who's on a free transfer to come to Manchester United and offer him a project. And then when he comes in, when you've got things sorted out, you get you make you get ten days to announce him as your signing. And it's 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 a free transfer for goodness sake. And you're taking that much of time you crying out for a player who does not want to come here in Frankie de Jong, who does not think that Manchester United is a place for him, he does not want to leave Barcelona, who's been underwhelming at Barcelona in the last three years, and you're going to play him in his his preferable position? Well, he's not played in his preferable position for the last three years, so you don't know how he's going to play in his natural position as well. I mean, what is the tangibility that he's going to work for Manchester United you're paying 85 million euros. You're overpaying for Frankie de Jong. After Richard Arnold, in when he was taped, said that they were they, they pulled out of that Darwin Nunez deal because they thought that they were overpaying for a player. I mean, you've play, you're overpaying for a flop. You're overpaying for someone who does not want to come to a club. Someone who's not getting interest from any other club. I mean, it's not you that want Frankie de Jong. It's Barcelona who want to sell Frankie de Jong. Barcelona who does not have the money. I mean... There is just two instances When a club has got financial trouble I mean, when you've already when, when clubs are really getting their nerve On their financial trouble I mean that So when you've got financial trouble When you, people know that you, have got, you don't have money And these two things have come at the same time for Barcelona So they're in a very precarious position And you don't know how to take advantage of that I mean, I'm really sorry This is really not for me This is really not for me It's, it's, it's ridiculously bad at what Manchester United are doing and Barcelona taking advantage of that so if you're Barcelona, again I count this to Barcelona now Sergio Busquets is not going to play for Barcelona next season, this is his last season for Barcelona he's going to retire from the Spanish national team at the end of this World Cup so that's it for uh, Sergio Busquets so next season, you've again got to invest in someone who can play that number 6 draw preferably, And according to rumours I'm reiterating it's going to be Ruben Neves and now you're going to get for Ruben Neves so you're not going to go for Nico. I mean, you, you don't want to sell Nico. You don't want to sell Galvin. You don't want to sell Pe- Pedri. So you're going to go for Ruben Neves. Already you are you you selling your present asset in Frankie De Jong. I mean, how does anything make sense with this club? I mean, just just give just give me a reason to believe what 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 they what what they're trying to do. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I can't stress more on this fact, but. The only thing that I can actually say that Barcelona trying to, to dragging this thing on and on and on. And someday it's going to reach a saturation point that it's not going to come back for them. I think Barcelona playing a very, very dangerous game at the moment. I think with Xavi, it's, it's give or take now. Xavi has to do something better. I mean, Champions League this season would be a long shot for them. But if they get anywhere close to La Liga title this season, I mean, that would be a big, big blessing in disguise. They have to win La Liga this season. There's no ifs and buts here. They have to win La Liga. I mean, if they get competitive, I don't think they will, Xavi will get the sack. If they get competitive, they don't win the La Liga. I think they don't win They the sack. But if uh, things turn out to be as they were last season, as they were the season before, I mean, the last three seasons have been disastrous domestically for, 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 for Barcelona. So if they turn out to be just like last season, I mean, it's 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 going to be ridiculously tough for them to keep hold of Xavi, and they need would have then need to sell. Then they would have then need to sack Xavi and get someone else in, and it's just going to be it's just going to be bad. I mean, we all saw what happened when stars aligned together at Paris Saint Germain. It's the same which is happening at Barcelona. I don't know how they can just keep things on ticking like this. Are they going to go for Kunde? I don't know. Are they going to go for Bernardo Silva? I don't know. I think one defender is in need right now. The defensive pool looks like this PK, Gavi, Christensen, and Araujo. Araujo, who's not really. uh, I mean, Eric Garcia, someone who I don't consider a a fit for Barcelona. PK, who's past his best. Uh, Gavi, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Christensen, who still hasn't played in a back four or hasn't played well in a back four for the. uh, for whatever past that I can remember of him, and Ronald Araujo is still running his trade. I mean, he's not a finished product yet, but he's got mistakes in him, and he's been more used as a right back and uh, makeshift right back. Say that and I don't know how things are going to go there. So it's, it's, it's ridiculous how things are panning out at Barcelona. I would like to see what their next steps are. I would like to see how they make things up because they still have to register Sergio Roberto first. I mean, freaking Sergio Roberto can't be registered and they're looking at to register Lewandowski, Barcelona, uh, Lewandowski, Dembélé, Rafinha, Christensen and Kessier. So the five big players to be registered. Frankie de Jong, I think the best that Barcelona can do is to keep hold of Frankie de Jong. Don't let Frankie de Jong go. I mean, players who can go this season are players like uh, Umtiti, like Memphis Depay, like uh, Neto, or even they, I think they could have taken a gamble on Ter Stegen as well. Has not been good enough in the last two or three seasons. Um, see what, what you can get of him. So I don't think it's going to be pretty impossible now to... It's going to be pretty impossible to get out of this financial turmoil right now. But what Laportel what Alemani and Jordi Cruyff are doing, it's just a big game of poker. And I believe it's going to come to bite them in the foreseeable future. So all the Chelsea players and their manager Thomas Tuchel are currently in southwest USA, in Los Angeles, California, doing their preseason in the USA. Uh, they've uh, announced the signing of uh, Raheem Sterling has already flown to the United States to join the senior team. Uh, they have got Khalid Koulibaly now in London. They have uh, made the pursuit to Napoli. They have convinced them to sign uh, the most south uh, of the... Centre back. It's a very, very good signing, by the way. Khalidou um fantastic player for Napoli, one of the best centre-backs right now in the world. He's 31 years of age, that's one thing. Uh, he's been signed a five-year contract, which is a bit of a toss uh, right now, if you ask me. Uh, but... He's been one of the consistent centre-backs right now in Europe uh, alongside Virgil van Dijk and uh, someone like a Thiago Silva as well. You we can ca- count him in that bracket as well. But he's been one of those uh, consistent players each and every season. He's been really, very good for, uh, for Napoli, for uh, Luciano Spalletti again last season. He was tremendous along with uh, Rechmani, alongside him even before that with uh, Costas Manolas. He played pretty well in that. Back four of uh, Napoli. He had Di Lorenzo alongside him, sometimes Mario Rui and all these other players. You know, Brilliant, brilliant signing for Chelsea uh, as far as I'm concerned. They're looking at uh, President Kimpembe from uh, Paris Saint Germain. They have valued him at 40 million euros and PSG are set to accept that. Uh, they have pulled out from the deal to sign Matthias Delict. He looks to be moving on to Bayern Munich. They'll also be talking about Delict as well. But uh, first of all, with uh, President Kimpembe, uh, it's um, it, it's a good deal. I think President Kim Pembe at €40 million, is an experienced centre-back, he's won multiple Liga titles with the Paris Saint-Germain he needs, uh, requires a new challenge. Uh, he's worked with Thomas Tuchel before, he's worked with uh, Thiago Silva alongside him before, so uh, that's, uh, that's known territory for him right there. He speaks the language pretty well, uh, I think he speaks English very well. According to what I've been hearing, so that's a good sign for Kulibali. I think it's a proper upgrade on Antonio Rudiger. I think Antonio Rudiger is not quite as good as Kulibali is. I think Kulibali is just on the other level right now. I think he's he's just brilliant, and I think the top three teams right now in uh, in England, Chelsea, Ro- Chelsea, Liverpool, and uh, Manchester City have got three brilliant centre backs. Uh, Chelsea, by the way, have got two fantastic centre-backs in uh, Thiago Silva and Koulibaly. I'm a big fan by the way of Thiago Silva, to be honest. Uh, He's just outstanding, you know, uh, as, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, They've got Nakulibali, Manchester City have uh, got Ruben Diaz, who I think is going to be a future legend in the Premier League. Not just in Manchester City's history books, but he's going to be a big icon for the Premier League if he sticks around for the next five to six years. Uh, Virgil van Dijk's already been an icon for Liverpool and for the Premier League. He's set the standards so high that uh, uh, that's just impossible for others to catch up with him. Uh, we're seeing Ruben Diaz just catching up with him so it's a good sign that that's uh, the thing with uh, with Manchester City uh, but yeah, talking about Chelsea, Pembe coming in uh, potentially they're looking for Jules Koundé as well so that that's three centre-backs uh, coming in for three centre-backs who have already been sold in Christensen, uh, Rudiger and potentially it's going to be Asperi as well It will be sold in I think uh, Malangsa and uh, Chilwell are going to be playing in tandem on that left-hand side. Whenever Chilwell uh, is going to get injured, I think Malangsa is going to play at left back. Uh, he's not at that sort of profile. I think Malangsa is pretty much a left-sided defender who can play left back. He's going to be a good makeshift left back, just like Benjamin Pavard is uh, at uh, at Bayern Munich. Uh, so, it's, it's going to be a good enough deal. I think Marcus Alonso will leave uh, Chelsea. I think he's hell-bent on leaving Chelsea. Um, Aspilicueta is something different. I think Aspilicueta, if he wants to leave, he has to leave now or has to stick around for the next two seasons at Chelsea as well. Leave as a proper leader, as a legend of the club. I think he will leave now, leaving behind a very good legacy. Uh, You've got Trevor Chalaba, and the the pool for centre-backs looks really good, but you have to strengthen again in the the next year as well, buying another centre-back, because now you've got Thiago Silva, Trevor Chalaba, Khalidu Koulibaly, Presnel Kimpembe, and uh, Jules Koundé. That's a very, very good crop of centre-backs. Now, if you say in the next three years, you'll still have Koundé, Kimpembe, and Chalaba at your club. You have to get in. Two players again. I think that would be over the period of time that would be sustainable for Chelsea. Uh, as far as if we look at the other areas uh, right now, they have uh, said Levi Colville is also going to be there with the first team. Uh, they've brought back Billy Gilmore. Uh, Conor Gallagher is going to be there. Uh, you've got, I mean, Gallagher, Gilmore, Jorginho, Kovacic, Kante, uh, Loftus Cheek. That's a good crop of six midfielders there. Uh, can have a very, very good season with all these players playing in that respective good positions as well. You know, good depth there up front, uh, and you can come Mason Mount as well in that same, in that same breath. So that got, that's seven good midfielders. You've seven good starters. You can start at any given point in time. Then you've got players like Havertz, like Pulisic, Sterling. Hudson-Odoi to some extent um, Ziyech, I think Ziyech's, Ziyech would be done and he'll be gone to AC Milan right now they don't have many options up top, I think they need to strengthen in, I think after they sign in Kimpembe and uh, uh, to a certain extent even Jules Koundé if th- things get done, I think if Jules Koundé does not come, I think asper has to stay uh, as far as I'm concerned, but if he wants to go, I think Chelsea won't come in his way but the thing is right now that they have to make good decisions they have to make decisions made on the sporting project and I think you was going to fix that project um, I think they need to sign someone up top and there comes the decision to not really go up with i mean Thomas Tuchel is reluctant on the signing of Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, Todd Bowley is really interested because he wants um, a big influx of cash uh, with the merchandise and the commercials and everything with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo signing. That would be a big boost. So he will get a lot of revenue. I mean, that's upside and there's downside to uh, Cristiano Ronaldo signing. And I completely understand the decision of Thomas Tuchel. I think he does not need a a season again again with Ronaldo as well. I think you don't want to go in a club which has just now... Trying to get out of the turmoil that they had last season. I mean, not turmoil which uh, came up with their own mistakes. I mean, the conditions were so very bizarre that they were forced into a turmoil and now they're trying to come back out of it. I think Todd Bowley needs to be given a lot of credit for what he's done at, at, the, at, the, at the club. Uh, again, taking big decisions like getting uh, moving away from people like Marina Granovskaya, Petruchek, and uh, uh, Bruce Buck, three very, very commandable people around in, the ma- in in that Chelsea boardroom, you know, moving away from them and just taking the reins in his own hands until they get a certified, or they, get, they get a proper man to take their position. He's uh, given the entire control to Thomas Tuchel, and he said that it's not what Ronaldo, I don't have any problem with it. I mean, I am a Ronaldo fan, but I'm not going to say that that's a, that's a bad decision. I mean, he needs someone there. He that it's going to be Havertz and Sterling up front. I mean, that could be a possibility there with Mount alongside them. They've still got Werner, they've got, still got Pulisic, they've still got Hudson-Odoi. There's a good crop of players, but they need someone who can be the guy who can bang in goals up front. I mean, that they need someone who can be, you know, there all the time, present in the box. And number nine, a certified number nine, maybe Armando Broca. I mean, I like Broja from Southampton, but i mean i mean all the indications are that he's going to move on from chelsea i mean on a loan move possibly um, but i like armando broca and i think if he stays around i think there's no need for another player coming in i think thomas dougle if he works on him pretty well he can develop into a very very good player i think apart from all these things i think they need someone who can provide I think, again i think pulisic's going to move on i think uh, it's more likely that hakim Zieg is going to move on I still bet on Callum hudson staying. I still can see uh, people like Werner staying, Werner, Havertz, Hudson-Odoi and Sterling. I think these four are going to play next season. I think you've added Broca in there. You've got five players. Maybe then you can sign someone else as well. I think they need someone who can be that main guy in there. Maybe Victor Ozzyman, but he'll just cause a ridiculous amount of money. So, I don't think that would be the wise decision there. Maybe getting someone a low risk, high revolt kind of a game, play and getting Sasakalajic from Stuttgart and see what happens there. and you know, that's something that can really encourage yourself. With Ronaldo, the thing is that you need to just play the pieces around with Ronaldo scoring goals. I mean that's not how Thomas Tuchel wants to work around it. And I put and I completely understand what he's trying to think here. He's someone else, but it's not Ronaldo now. But Ronaldo can guarantee you goals. I mean you look at what Roy Keane said last uh, last season when they, that game happened between United and Chelsea at Old Trafford you know, if he would have been in Chelsea, he would have scored fifty goals, and I don't, I don't think that's uh, any way, uh getting in any way, an understatement. It's, 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 it's the truth. I mean, Chelsea created so much chances that being squandered up by players like Pulisic, players like Werner, or even somewhat uh, like Havertz as well. Havertz has had a good season, but I mean, he has good end of the season, the start of the season. He was just average. He wasn't playing particularly particularly well. I mean, he got that goal in the Champions League final. I mean, yeah, but it's. <laughs> It's it's not it's not that iconic. I mean, it's it's iconic, but it's not that tangible enough to say that you know he's the guy to move forward with. I mean, Habit's still I have still got to see a lot from him. He's still got to prove me a lot, but for now I don't think it's the right decision uh, to stick with Havertz as your number nine. I think Lukaku was a big car crash, and they have to really respect Thomas Tuchel for that. I mean, you don't want a Lukaku situation again. I think that's the reason why they just called off from that interest from Rafinha as well. So. It's good on Thomas Tuchel, it's good on everything around there. So, uh, that's good on Chelsea, that's good on the way they're thinking about it. So, uh, um, that, that's it for Chelsea. I think it's, uh, it's, it's all well and done right now. They need to understand how the possibilities rank up with them. Um, probably another striker in, and they would get themselves in a very, very good position. So interesting developments happening in the transfer of Matthijs De Ligt from Juventus to Bayern Munich, where uh, Hassan Salahamidzic uh, earlier this week was in Torino to discuss personal terms with Matthijs De Ligt and he's agreed to personal terms with Bayern Munich. So all set and done with uh, those two parties involved. But the thing is now with Juventus, they're trying to uh, get a substantial amount of money. They spent around 70 million to get Matthij from Ajax to uh, Torino and now when uh, Matthij is set to alter his options again after, th- after three years winning uh, the Italian Cup winning the Serie A for one season um, he's a Italian Super Cup winner he's done decent amount of things in Italy he's not really grown up to be the player that we thought he might be still on the learning curve in my opinion but he's done well he's done well in terms of uh, Getting himself a good move around it, but if he wants to move again to Bavaria and see what challenges it can possess to him, I think um, it 's a good move for Bayern Munich. I think uh, when you realize that you 've lost three defenders, three good defenders, and not really counting Nicolas Zula there, uh, but yeah, three defenders if you lost in the last uh, in, in, in the last two seasons i mean that 's a big concern for you. I mean, right now, the defenders and people who can play really in that centre-back role are Lucas Hernandez, Dario Mecano, and Benjamin Pavard. Benjamin Pavard is someone whom they don't rate anymore right now. Neither does the French national team. I feel sorry for him there. He's getting offers here and there, but they're buying and trying to get him into that deal with Juventus. They, uh, Lucas Hernandez, uh, I think whenever he plays, he's, he's looked pretty, pretty good, and whenever he He's usually on the injury list. Dario Pamecano has just been underwhelming. I think he had a very, very good future when I saw him at Leipzig. uh, But now when he's at Bayern, it's just a car crash. And they have lost three defenders in two years. Two of them on a free and one... I mean, three of them, all three on a free transfer. I mean, Nicolas Zula, David Alaba and Joran Boateng. Joran Boateng and David Alaba were the starting pair for Bayern Munich in, what, a season before this one? And... The past season, before this one, and they've lost both of them for free. And then they had the Meccano and uh, Lucas Hernandez partnership it was not sustainable for a long period of time. They struggled defensively, not just in Europe, but even in uh, uh, in the Bundesliga, they've been hit time and again with uh, counterattacks. So now you have to get in Matthias Delikt, and I think after even after Matthias Delikt, the need to get someone in who can be that very very good centre back. I think right now they have got four maybe Pavard is a backup at right back and you need to get another one there is no way that you're just relying on upamecano lucas Hernandez, and uh and and asserted mataz delict i mean you're one yellow card and an injury away from just ruining your entire season in europe that's the way you're looking at it i think uh, uh the, even with matthias delict he's been prone to handballs every now and then he's Getting those decisions, a so handballs and penalty gives away penalties recklessly. He's a good defender. He's got, he's trying to make good decisions. He's a very good leader as well. I don't think that would be the case at Bayern Munich. I think uh, the captain's armband is going to change and it's going to go to Yusuke uh after Manuel Neuer lives uh, leaves FC Bayern at the end of the season. So uh, I think that's the way it, it it looks like. It looks like for me, you know, it's uh, it's it's going to be a really good transition. With him, but the thing is, the hindrance right now for Bayern Munich is that Juventus are asking for a lot of money, and I think, understandably so, if you're paying sixty-seven, I think sixty-seven was the amount, and the add-ons reached up to five million euros, taking it to seventy-two, if I'm right. Um, that was a deal that Juventus struck up with, uh, with with Ajax. I mean, I remember Matas was linked to buy for to Bayern Munich, to Barcelona, to Manchester United as well. And to Juventus. I think Juventus was much more driven up by Mino Raiola at that point in time. But, uh, uh, yeah, he went to he went to Juventus on that sort of money. There was a lot of investment in Matthias Delic. Uh, right now, Juventus, they themselves have lost Giorgio Chiellini. They don't have Meri de Miral. They've given, the, given him to uh, Atalanta. They will be losing uh, Matthias Delic. So, who's left? Yeah, I'll have to play Danilo and Bonucci at centre-back. I mean, Bonucci, if you've seen Juventus in the last two seasons, I mean, Bonucci is very much prone to mistakes right now. The age is catching up with him as well. He needs proper game time. I and mean, he needs to have scattered game time. You can't play him 38 Serie A games. You know, it's just not a... You just can't play that. I think they need to get in some defenders. I think they as well, They if they... I think in their best interest is to allow, is to say to Matas League, I mean, you want to leave, you leave next season. We don't we cannot lose you and just get into a limbo where you don't have anyone. I mean, the need to sign defenders right now, I mean, even when you're playing in a uh, back four, you need to have four proper defenders and a fifth one. I think mean, the fifth one is Danilo, who can play at centre-back. Who are your four defenders right now? It's Matteo Di Cilio, Daniele Rogani... Leonardo Bonucci and Mattastelic at this present time. I believe one between De Cilio and Rugani is going to leave. It's probably going to be Daniele Rugani and uh, you leaving out Mattastelic. I don't see any defenders right now. President Kim Pembe is already moving up to uh, uh, to, to join Chelsea. As things stand, talks are progressing. I think Chelsea will get this deal done by the end of this end of next week or even around by Tuesday or Wednesday I think that's possibly that's the time that they will take to get Kim Pembe sealed up i've seen rumors linking a potential deal to Gabriel Magalhaes from Arsenal to Juventus i mean that makes sense he's been good at uh, at Arsenal so that makes sense if William Saliba is going to take his place I mean, yeah, potentially that makes sense as far as I'm concerned. Apart from him, I think they could go in for Mil- Nikola Melenkovic from Fiorentina. so some, some, He's someone I rate really highly. Uh, they can go for Gonzalo Ignacio from uh, Sporting Lisbon, who's outstanding in terms of ball progression and things like that defensively. He's brilliant in what I have seen of him at Sporting under Ruben Amorim not pretty sure that uh, Max Allegri is going to play that sort of style uh, but that, these are some options that I can put, again, put put towards you I mean Sven Botman's already been backed up by uh, Newcastle United I mean that could have been an option Julian Timber can be an option but he's not a replacement for uh, Matthias League. I mean that is not the same ilk of players I mean Julian Timber is much more like a ball progressor Inacio mean, as I said is a ball progressor but he's very very well built physically so uh, gonna give you both aspects of the game. I think Inacio makes a lot of sense right now, if I'm concerned. But I don't know. That's going to be driven up. I mean, I believe it's Jorge Mendes who is the agent of Gonzalo Inacio at Sporting, but I, I don't know if he's going to give it to Juventus at this point in time in the season. I mean, Inacio is going to move away. He's looking to be moving to a Premier League club. Probably he's going to land up teams like Newcastle, teams like Aston Villa. I mean, Aston Villa, I don't think it's going to be uh, for him, teams like Newcastle, teams just like Joao Palina did for Fulham. Uh, so, yeah, maybe he's going to be that guy. Um, I think they need someone even in attack. I think uh, to replace Dejan Kulusevski. I mean, they have brought in Alhaldi Maria, but it's 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 not enough. I think they need players around. They have to get in someone to actually complement in Federico Chiesa, someone on that left wing, uh, someone to. Back up, uh, uh, Dusan Vlahovic at the moment. So there are things that need to be addressed if you're Juventus as well. So you need to address someone who can be their replacement for, for for Paulo Dybala. Maybe if someone like a Gonzalo Ramos has been linked to Paris Saint Germain, uh, and Bayern Munich, maybe he comes in and they pursue him. So maybe that's a good option. Uh, someone who I have seen a lot is. Uh, Nicolai de la Cruz, who's a Uruguayan international playing for River Plate. I think that could be a very, very good installation in that Juventus side. As for Bayern Munich, there is a hole left in in that number nine position if uh, Robert Lewandowski is set to leave. I mean, he is. I mean, 99% he's going to be leaving. I'm not really sure that he's going to play for Barcelona because of their uh, financial difficulties. But yeah, he's going to leave, so that leaves uh, them an option. So who's, who they're going to sign, I mean... There were rumours at the start of this transfer window about Sasakalajic moving on from uh, uh, Stuttgart to Bayern. I mean, that would have been ridiculous. I mean, Bayern just snatching away players for fun from the Bundesliga. I mean, it's ridiculous the amount of pull that they have in the German league. Um, maybe Lukas Kamaka makes a lot of sense in the number nine position. Or even if there is some hope left. I mean, Lotto Mateus last week said that if Robert Lewandowski is set to leave and you don't have any option... You still won 30 goals this season. Your best bet is on Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, it's the team is set. I mean, if, even for Ronaldo, I mean, it makes such a good sense because Lewandowski and Ronaldo are not different players. I mean, yeah, age wise, they're different. If you look at the stats statistically, if you compare Lewandowski and Ronaldo, it's much more the same. I think Ronaldo presses are much more. I mean, a bit more than Lewandowski does. Lewandowski is just a constant president of the box. Ronaldo had to do a lot of work because the team around him was just was just bad. I mean, that was the reason why he did press more. But even at Bayern Munich, at this stage of Ronaldo's career, what does Ronaldo need? What is Ronaldo? Ronaldo is a final piece of a puzzle. And that's what Bayern Munich gives him. Bayern Munich is a complete team if they sign Matthias Delict and they get in someone who can fill the kind of award left in by... Uh, Nicolas Zula, as someone who can be a makeshift centre-back some of the other times, can play a bit well in that uh, Julian Nagelsmann side if they try to opt for a back three, you know, something like that. So if they want to play in that sort of way, maybe, just maybe, they can get someone like a Ronaldo. Up front, I mean, Thomas Müller would do a lot of work again for him, as he does for, as he did for Lewandowski in the past. So that would be... That, that makes sense, in, in my opinion. You get him for a two-year contract... See what does what he does next season, and if you get him a certain amount of targets, say 25 goals to season, and obliged to save for next season as well. So that's that makes a lot of sense for Ronaldo as well. And then he can go to Sporting, I think. Uh, that's uh, the way I think he maps it out, 20, 2024, and then again, you move again to Sporting. 20 years later, you've conquered the entire world. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's how I see it. I mean, Paris Saint-Germain does not make sense. Anywhere in the Premier League, apart from Chelsea, does not make sense. I mean, this does not make sense from the club's point of view as well. Uh, It does not make sense to go back to Italy. Spain is just one destination. I think it would be just a burglary if he goes around to Barcelona or Atletico Madrid. Um, Sporting, I just don't think it's the time right now with the World Cup looming in. I think if he goes to Bundesliga, if he goes to Bayern Munich, he has a shot again to play in the Euros as well. It's going to be 2024. After the season ends again, 12 months, you know, he ends his contract with Bayern and then he plays the Euros again itself in Germany. So maybe it makes a lot of sense for him to move on to, uh, to, to the Bundesliga play in Germany and see what the things are right there. So maybe that's the way things work out for him. Uh, Bayern Munich are also been uh, linked to a potential departure of uh, Leroy Zane. Leroy Zane to move away from uh, Bayern Munich and join Real Madrid as his. Agent is been talking to Florentino Perez. Carlo Ancelotti said in his press conference uh, two days ago that their transfer window is completely shut down. But I think there is a room for a right-sided player, for for a right winger, and I think Llorisane can be that player. He can play in between the lines as well as number ten, as we saw him play last season for Bayern Munich. So that could be a very very good fit for him as well. You know that's the way I see this thing playing out. Um, Maybe yeah that 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 sort of thing that I think maybe could make a lot of sense if you are Bayern Munich if you are, uh, Leroy Rosane someone from uh, from from Premier League in Sandy Mane, who's a proven goalscorer, and you've already got Musiala and Muller I mean that's a very very good front line you've got abundance in attack so yeah that 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 could really work you've still got Eric Maxim Chuba you need to figure out what you need to do with him so. Yeah, if he goes out there, I mean, makes sense for them. I mean, Real Madrid have been linked to a number of uh, right wing players. I mean, they're linked to, I saw a link to Otavio from Porto, who I think can be a very, very good option. I think he is now moving on to replace Rafinha at Leeds United, or maybe he's going to play uh, at Aston Villa next season. But Otavio makes a lot of sense. He's a very hard working player can play midfield and play in the wing as well. Can, uh, is very unselfish to just go out and track back defensively. Um, They've been linked to Paolo Di as well, who's probably getting offer, offering himself to a lot of clubs right now. I feel sorry for Paolo Di single as every single day passes around. Um, and now they've been linked to Rino Rosane. I think Sergio Nabri is set to sign a new deal at, uh, uh, at, at Bayern Munich, so that rules out him, Kingsley Coman, and Sadio Mane. They're three players for two positions on the wings. Um, You've got Musiala and Müller through the middle. That's two players for one position there. And then you've got Eric Maxim chuba moting and Ronaldo for, for that one position up top. So that's the way I think it looks like. It's a pretty good, decent amount of thing that Bayern Munich are doing right now. I mean, that's somewhat makes sense. If Leroy Rosani moves, well and good. If he does not, maybe, yeah, you still work out with him. And Leroy Rosani's has had a history of unprofessional behaviour when he was at City and now even at Bayern Munich under... Especially under Hansi Flick as well. And that's the reason why he was not being called up for the 2018 World Cup as well uh, by Germany. So, you know, things are not pretty good enough right now for Leroy Zane. He needs to sort out his future and see what things can uh, develop for him. I mean, uh, he's just 26 right now. He's got to, He's still got to enter his lethal best. I think he's an outstanding player. I, I, I love Leroy Zane. When he's on the move, he's, he's really Killing people I mean he's just Outstanding When he's on it I mean I can't say much on him But he's, he's just Outstanding and I would love him To come at Real Madrid Just absolutely love To see him at Real Madrid Benzema Vinicius Leroy Zanin. What a front three That would be uh, So that's it From me today Be sure to check into My other podcasts Be sure to check into My Twitter and my Instagram account It's weeklypod.ott On Instagram And weeklypod_ott Underscore ott On Twitter uh, Do Do uh, Check your do uh, recommend this podcast to your friends and uh, suggest uh, what else they can do for me. You can you're free to obviously ping me on Twitter, on or Instagram. Um, I'll answer, uh, I'll answer your queries and everything apart from it. So uh, that's it from today. This was a host, Mayuresh Madka. Thank you very very much. Cheerio. out.